Before we start the show, I would like to give a special shout out to all the performers who joined me in the interviews on this episode. It was a blast. I had a phenomenal time getting to know each and every one of you and having you share your art and any other things that you got going on in your life. Next thing, I would like to give a disclaimer or a heads up to the audience that is listening to the episode. A lot of people called in using their phones. So I just say that to be leery of, you may hear a little bit of static, something going in and out. If you hear a little echo throughout the episode, just bear with us. Because like I said, they all called in from their phone. We weren't able to link up before this episode. So just know that, you know, all that extra noise and stuff that you hear in the background is noticed and you're not going crazy. Trust me. And with that, I'm going to throw you guys right into the episode. Thank you. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Lamar, coming to you guys with another Two Fingers episode here at our podcast. We have a group of talented individuals, different artists and performers, and we're just excited for what's to come out of the performance these upcoming weekend. Um, First and foremost, just to let you all know that the show, the event, will be happening August 14th. That is a Sunday. Doors open at 4 p.m. Showtime starts around 5 p.m., you know. The best we can it might start a little bit later. You know, we're just trying to let everybody get in. And it's over near the Dallas airport. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to start with a, a new young up and coming artist. She's very talented. I The first time I actually ran into her, I was actually on a mini vacation in Brooklyn. And so I just went to an open mic area and she showed up, honestly, like kind of out of nowhere last minute. And she really blew me away with her voice, her style, her genre. And it's, it's, it's very soulful, but she has a different turn on it in her own personal way. So allow me to introduce you all to Miss Aria Narang. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for those kind words. That really, that means a lot. No worries. And they're not just kind words. They're honest truths. You know, uh, oh, every, you. every person who's going to be at this show who are performing had an influence on me and the fact that I saw you for maybe a total of 10 to 15 minutes. And you had such a heavily influence on me. And then, you know, afterwards, I followed your music on Spotify. So I've been rocking to, you know, your music for a little bit now. I've been enjoying it. No, thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So uh, go ahead and uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, who you are and whatnot. We'll kind of roll into this. Yeah. Um, So my name is Aria. 
And um, well, for as long as I can remember, I've been very much into music. I grew up um, in New Orleans, which if anyone knows is, is the spot to be for a musician. Um, and I started with the violin actually um, at around four years old. Um, so I've been performing on the stage for a very, very long time. Um, but after that, I really, I got into, you know, singing and music, songwriting and the guitar. And so I've really kind of crafted that part of myself um, and really found that that's my passion no matter what. Um, I will do, I'll say yes to any um, any singing performance opportunity because it is absolutely what I love. Um, but I am in, in school now. Um, at uh, Barnard Columbia in New York City, which is also yep, yep, an amazing, yep. amazing, amazing place to perform. Um, so that is what I'm up to now. I mean, I've been doing um, a bunch of open mics and um, trying to get some some paid gigs, but honestly, it's all just love for this, for, for music. And I just, I really, really, really appreciate any opportunity given to me to perform. So I'm very excited for this show as well. Absolutely. And we're excited. And like I said, it's all about the exposure, right? And you, you have a, a persona about you that kind of gives off, you know, your love for music. A shock though, that New Orleans is a shock. I didn't know you were, uh, you know, you had some, uh, some Cajun soul in you. Yeah. You yeah. Yeah. That is really cool. <laughs> so, okay. With that being said, and if a lot of you guys don't know, you know, the streets of New Orleans is always filled with music and for sure everything. So what I'll, no, I'm pretty sure that was pretty much the inspiration, right? Is that what truly inspired you? Like, who was your inspiration to become an artist, a songwriter? If you could just name a couple artists or people who influenced your music. Yeah, I think earlier on, well, of course, the music, the music filled streets of New Orleans were definitely something I always yearned for. But I think artist wise, um, growing up a lot of, um, I think, Adele, in terms of voice, always mm -hmm. spoke to me because I just loved how powerful her voice was. Um, and then songwriting, actually, and people think this is interesting. I think Ed Sheeran was the first person I heard on the radio where I was like, oh, this wow. is such a cool story that I'm hearing, but it's not just about the music. It's like he's painting a picture for me. Uh -huh. um, but uh, now I've really gotten into some R&B, um, like Georgia Smith, Janae Aiko. And some mm -hmm. of those voices um, are kind of fueling my my music as well. But people people are always surprised, and I think people have a hard time kind of finding a genre for my music because um, every song of mine is a little different. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think I have um, you know pop R and B singer songwriter vibes, and they all just kind of come together in that way. Um, but yeah, I I feel like I'm constantly inspired by new voices all the time. I don't know if you listen to. Omar Apollo, um, I feel like he's got a great, great voice and great writing. I listen to Black and some other rappers also. It's, it's great how much storytelling is involved. Um, so yeah, every day I'm searching for new inspirations. And what's funny about that is uh, when I was uh, telling people back here about you or whatnot, mm -hmm. the examples that you use, I actually kind of use it. I was like, you know, she has like this, uh, it's different, right? Like she has you can hear the R&B soul in it, but the way she sings, you can hear like it's Adele-esque. And I didn't really want to put that label on you because again, Adele is like, she, Adele is one of those who is like, and you know, here, especially with black people, when we're like, 
which kind of white people are invited to the cookout, right? Kind of right. thing like that. And she was like, she's definitely one of those, you know, who can come to the cookout. And I was like, but I was like, mm, that's a tough label because I don't want to throw that on her and make her feel like, ah. But yes, I'm I actually a huge, no, no doubt. And I'm actually a huge fan of Ed Sheeran. Like if I was to, mm-hmm. if I had like a, you know, I'm, I'm going to say like a, a white boy, fanboy crush, you know, Ed Sheeran right. is my guy. Like I, I jam to Ed Sheeran like, high key it's not even a secret like i rock to that yeah. man. like right now for the past like probably year now shivers has been my jam for like for a minute shivers is so good it is so shivers good. is so creative but i've been listening to him for a while so it's funny that you and I'm, I'm glad that you use that because that is so true and the way they do capture the essence of r&b which i find funny is that you know when you think of a lot of entertainers coming from the uk a lot of their stuff like like the legendary uk artists they do get a lot of their soulfulness from our down south r&b culture and that mm-hmm. harlem and that motown vibe so i'm glad to hear that that's that's about you so mm-hmm. so actually let's kind of continue on i know maybe not recently but you recently just dropped an album called confessions right confession um, yes right confession my bad what no was worries. where was your mind space like where were you when you were creating this project yeah well I wasn't given the opportunity to record a lot of my songs for a while. So I was just kind of sitting on these songs that I felt really needed to be released to the world and not just being performed, but so that people can stream them. Um, and then COVID hit and I was um, you know, at school in my very small dorm um, with n- nothing, but I was like, I really need to get these songs out, not only for um, myself and my mental health, but also so that people can really enjoy this. And, and I think there's not a better time than to release it now um, because you're trapped in, in your room with your own feelings during this pandemic. People need music. You mm-hmm. need music. So I was like, okay, let's just do it. Um, so I got, you know, very, very minimal, you know, uh, music supplies, um, uh, like an interface and a mic. And just, it was in the very, very back of my dorm room in this small little corner. Um, and I had a producer friend in Austin who was willing to help me out with this. And so I just every day sang into that mic and then sent my vocals over to him and he got to it and then he would send it back to me. And I'd have some um, friends in my room uh, looking out for me and making sure that no one was making noise in the hallway. And it was just <laughs> such a funny, like, people are always so amazed that 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 album happened in such a way that you know there was just so little there and I had to block out the noise and but um it, that's why I think it means so much to me because not only is it my first album but it's also just I think later on when I have you know two three four more albums mm-hmm. out I'm gonna look back and I'm like wow you know now I'm doing this in a big studio and yeah. I don't have to worry about noise and this took me two months but my first album that took me so long and you know it'll just make me feel so much more proud of doing it but yeah, I think it was just very important during the pandemic, during just very uncertain times, scary times to do that um, mm-hmm. for myself and for others. I mean, I mean, that's just kind of like the norm, the the ideas of like a humble beginning and the fact that you mm-hmm. and I already know how, you know, the sensitivity of a mic and really trying to perfect it and to right. see that you did it in the corner of your room and the mics. You got people like trying to make sure because dorm rooms can get rowdy. And uh, yes. You know, especially in a pandemic where y'all are forced to be in y'all room. So y'all pretty right. much got to yell across the hall to talk to each other. Exactly. Like but, but no, I think that's really cool. And, and the fact, and honestly, the fact that now that I know that that album came from 
you know the the small of your room is is incredible actually what like my two favorite songs my first song is along for the ride like i tell you that i probably yes. like dm'd you that a couple of times because i really just be jamming to that that joke i don't know <laughs> if it's a hook or what you got going on in there but it's just a very and it's like the transitions and the different kind of cadences that you put together and kind of oh, i'm the so glad i think it's um so a lot of people actually tell me along for the ride is their favorite and mm -hmm. if you listen to the lyrics you can kind of figure it out but that one's actually about um anxiety mm -hmm. and i've struggled with just like horrible anxiety for most of my life so i put it in this song it's like um okay let's personify this anxiety and just like tell the world what it feels like um, but a lot of people are like oh who's this horrible person in your life and i'm like oh it's not a person actually <laughs> right. but i think it's i think it's very cool when artists do they write a song that's not necessarily happy, but then make the song an absolute banger. So I was right. like, okay, I'm gonna do that with Along for the Ride. So I'm so glad to hear that it's your favorite because it almost feels like, you know, take this anxiety, you know, you made a very good song. <laughs> yeah, but Along for the Ride and then, you know, Red, Red is, I think I think Red is like your, if you were to put something on the radio, I think Red would be- your, Oh, really? Like, to me, I just, just to me, it's like, you know how everyone, you know how every album there's like of course you got like the one single that gets out before the album drops and you know mm -hmm. you 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 run it dry on the radio until you hear the album then you'd be like oh there's some like sneaky songs on the rest of this album that i like mm -hmm. i think red is like i think red is like you're a big like boom if i was to drop this before i release this album that would be a good one i think a lot of people would rock with that because again it's like i said it's very adele-esque like you you use a lot of Adele emotions and soulfulness in that song. So mm -hmm. um, I'm so glad you like it. Definitely. So who is Aria outside of Aria sings in the studio? Like who is Aria? Like mm. what does she do? Where is she at most times? Like who is she? Yes. Well, um, most people are surprised to hear that I'm actually not studying music in school. Um, mostly because I like music as a performing thing and not really in the classroom. Um, so outside of music, I'm actually uh, a coder. I'm a computer science um, nerd, I guess. Um, but in addition to that, I'm also uh, a social justice major. So I love um, working towards that for human rights and, and kind of combining the two. So combining, you know, computers and technology and then helping people. So I'm all about the data and all of that. So that's actually what I'm working on at school and found this to be so perfect for me um in this way that I don't have to feel like when I love doing that I don't have to love doing music like I can love both you know um mm -hmm. but then you know outside of that I'm um a very social person I love hanging out with my friends and I'm also um a big uh, gym goer um and being outside um, I have a girlfriend of uh, two and a half years and she just moved to New York. We've been doing long distance for a very long time. So Congrats. Um, thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited about that. Uh, but yeah, that that's me outside of music. Um, I'd say most people can figure out who I am other than the coding stuff, um, <laughs> seeing me perform. But um, yeah, that, that part always comes as a shock. So I thought I'd share it with you. Uh, I'm I'm happy that you did. That's actually pretty cool to see that you are, because you know coders are pretty, they're focused. They're to the they're right here at the desk, right here, and then right, can, right, and then you have this like alter ego, this other persona that you can kind of bring out and be free, and you know, 
out right, with exactly. everyone. So I think it's cool. And and for those of you guys who don't follow her, and we'll get to this more, she is really into a lot of social justice things. Like her page is filled with a lot of different things that she does. And you can see that she's very influenced and influential herself about a lot of things that go on. Um, oh, thank you. Absolutely. Um, like I said, this is a platform for you all. Like I'm going to share what I see and all of this. So last question um, before we wrap this up with you what does success look like or what is the legacy that you want to leave behind when it's all said and done when you put sure. the guitar down if you ever put the guitar down i know people would be like nah you can't really ever let it go but you know what what is something that you want people to remember you by yeah i think for the success part for me it's just to be happy and um that doesn't necessarily mean that my music gets super big and, you know, I get to sell out huge stadiums and all that, even though, you know, that would be amazing. I'm, I'm happy now just performing at smaller places and seeing people be touched by my music. Um, And I think that's really all I can ask for is that, um, you know, when I leave this earth or I don't think I'll ever leave music willingly. um, But yeah, when I'm gone, that I hope that people continue to listen to my music and not, they don't even need to think about me, but to think about, you know, I'd love for someone to be like, you know, this song helped me through this, or this song made me think about myself in a different way or whatever it is. And that's why I put music out there to um, not only help myself, but to remind people that they're not alone in their feelings. um, And that, you know, we're all in this together, as cliche as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when I play a song and someone's like, oh, you know, I didn't think anyone else has gone through something like that, you know? And I'm like, well, you know, you're not alone. I'm, I've gotten several people to tell me the same thing. So people have gone through it just just like you. So you're you're okay. Um, so I think that's, that's the biggest thing. And of course, with that, I would love to have my music get big and spread so that more and more people can feel less alone awesome i love that um i was gonna go back to that something you said earlier especially with the whole legacy idea you said you you had all these songs that you had written and whatnot so you know like most songwriters you probably got a lot of songs in the vault that you haven't even released yet or you're sure. holding on to or you're just like ah, i can't use that that's not good enough and <laughs> that's right. when you're like when you're 40 and they're gonna be like oh there's this release out of nowhere that she had when she was back in her 20s and stuff like that yeah like, yeah that's so cool well before we go, uh, can you just let everyone know your socials, your platforms, how to find you, where to where to look to find your music and who you are? Yes, I'm um, I'm most active on Instagram. So if you want to search me at Aria Sings Tunes, that's A-R-I-A, you will find me very quickly. Um, and on there are my links to my Spotify and Apple Music. Um, but if you want to just search me up on Spotify, if you search Aria and then Confession, which is the name of my latest album, you'll find me as well. Awesome. That is great. Again, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure to interview Miss Arya Singh. She's an astounding performer, a talent. Um, I'm really looking forward to Sunday coming around. Again, the show and the event is Sunday, August 14th. Doors open at 4 p.m. and the show will start roughly around 5 p.m. Miss Arya is our out-of-town spotlight artist of the evening, so definitely come out and support her and get to know her the best way you guys can. And Arya, it's been great having you here with us. I thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was so fun. I appreciate you and and all that you're doing for the music community. Absolutely. Absolutely.
All right, welcome back. It's your boy, Hardy Boy, Lamar Hardy, coming to you guys with another one of our artists, performers that are performing at the Two Fingers Just Flow With It event. Mr. Sir Harvey Fitz is one of our main three features that we have performing. So I'll allow him just to introduce himself and tell him tell himself a little bit about you all. So Mr. Sir Harvey Fitz, how you doing? Hey there, I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking. And for all of you who are listening, hi, my name is Harvey. I am a full-time creative. Uh, this is plan A through this has to work. Um, my mediums include, but are not limited to photography, videography, creative consulting, spoken word poetry, uh, acting, and um, event production as well. Awesome. And kind of going into it. So what was your inspiration? You know, a lot of people talk on, you know, making sure you have a backup plan, but you, like you said, this is plan A through this has to work. So what was your inspiration and what about this particular industry made you believe that this is something that you wanted and something that you could do? Uh, well, most recently, uh, the zombie apocalypse that we are still very much in, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> despite a few uh, privileged Karens and um, government officials blatant denial of it I uh, right beforehand um, was working in my field I was a events coordinator at an art center here in DC and um, everything was going great and then boom the zombie apocalypse happened and uh, it was very much a situation where, you know, uh, you, uh, the mayor said we got to shut everything down. And so fiscally, it doesn't make sense to keep an events coordinator on salary when mm. by mandate we can't have events. And so with that being said, I was confined to the four walls of my house, as many of us were. Uh, those who were actually being compliant (laughs) at the time. And it literally forced me to sit down and re-examine my life and career and go back and pull out that to-do list that I had been uh, negating uh, the past few years. Um, A lot of things on that to-do list was uh, a lot of... uh, creative things that I should have been doing um, but because of life and uh, not properly prioritizing things I just never got to and so throughout that two and a half years I actually sat down and mapped out the trajectory and everything thankfully started to fall into place wow that is uh, that is impressive and like you said for those who you know abided by the rules um confided within those four walls a lot of creativity came up so within that creativity and that mapping of everything so did your did your brand and you know your author and your book and everything that you do did that come during that period or were you already planning to write a book and create this brand for yourself as well like how did that come about (laughs) I had started started writing this book uh, maybe at least seven years ago. 
Um, and I say at least, like at the very least, seven years ago, uh, it had dropped in my spirit to uh, write a book. But um, as a person who is very much their own worst critic, and at the time uh, being absolutely governed by a crippling fear of inadequacy, I put it on a shelf, you know? And despite all of the encouraging words from, you know, your peers and loved ones and the the positive pushing, oh, you should do this, you should do that, uh, I, I didn't fully believe it. And so I never got around to actually completing it. And then again, like I said, uh, when the zombie apocalypse happened, it I literally had nothing else to do. Right. So it's like, okay, uh, it's literally just me and the elephant in the room at this point. There's no distractions. There's no deterrence. So it's time to organize and um, get yourself together. And it was interesting because um, <clears throat> when I had made the conscious decision that I was going to get back on track, it was maybe um, just under a month before everything shut down, and I had um, ran into Kanika Jakarta, mm-hmm. and I let her know I was like, I, I have really good news. I'm 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 actually going to do it because she had been one of the major champions in my corner concerning the book. And as soon as I told her, she politely smiled, reached down into her purse and pulled out her business card and handed it to me and said, I've been waiting on you. I am going to publish your book through my publishing company. Email your manuscript to my assistant. Wow. I was like, wow. And so, um, and kind of, and I'm going to elaborate on two parts on that. Um, after I elaborate, can you uh, tell us the name of the book and what kind of book it is? But Kaniki was a, she was a champion, 2021, what is it, like OG champion female poet of the year. Uh, and, yes, and, she and was. She's also a publicist. Mm-hmm. And I think you're nominated for a couple DMV awards as well, right? Yes. From what I have been told, uh, this year is a record-breaking six nominations. Wow. Um, yeah, I, phenomenal, phenomenal. <laughs> it's uh, I'm overwhelmingly excited about that. Uh, just to be included within this caliber of creatives, it's that's that's an honor in and of itself, because many of them I am inspired by and I admire and have admired over the years. And so to be included in in the number with them, it's, it's it's an amazing feeling. That's one thing I do love about, you know, being from the DMV is like, we really don't have to go too far to get our inspirations right. Where a lot of our inspirations come from being at home and, you know, those around us. So um, where we are kind of fortunate in that sense to have as many creatives and conscious minded people as we do here, but let's go, let's, uh, let's elaborate on that book she published. So what is the name of the book? Um, I think it's a specific style is like four chapters of haikus. Is that what it is? Yes. So the book is titled to Haikum It May Concern. 
And the subtitle is Living Your Best Life Even When Mercury's in Retrograde. <laughs> and it is a collection of haiku poems that I've written over the years. Uh, for those who may not know, uh, a haiku is a Japanese short poem. So short, in fact, that it's only three lines long and 17 syllables total. Traditionally, the first line is five syllables. The second line is seven syllables. And the third line, again, is five syllables. And they are about, like, flowers and trees and flora and fauna and stuff like that. Um, but then there's, like, a there's a, a different type of haiku, which is the Shinryu, which are the best way to describe the ones that I have written for this particular book. It just deals with a wide variety of topics. Um, for the sake of this book, it is broken up into four chapters. Uh, live, laugh, love, and repeat. Wow, I like that. And it's got a, it's got a kind of got a, uh, what's it called? A, uh, not a chorus, but like, oh yeah, catchy kind of feeling to it. Live, laugh, love, and repeat. I like that. Um, so yes, um, I'm really excited about that. That's actually probably one of the biggest things that has influenced me and inspired me to invite you to the show and want you to be a part of this like I, oh, wow. you know, I we spoke on it but your creativity and the fact that you wrote an entire book of haikus i don't think people realize like writing in itself is a difficult thing because you got to be vulnerable and let yourself you know bleed out from the pen to the pe paper to the pad but trying to stay within the constraints or the rules of haikus is difficult and you wrote four chapters worth um and that was just <laughs> by far the most like incredible thing I had ever heard um, from anybody. Oh, wow. And then on top of that is comical, right? Like you, you deliver such real messages through comedy. And I think, you know, anytime I see you perform, whether that's, you know, at Busboys and Poets, Pure Poetry Live, anywhere, you know, you bring the same energy, the same enthusiasm, the same spirit with you all the time. So that's something that is really influential on me. And that's why I definitely had to have you as one of my three pillars for this show um wow so, thank you appreciate that. absolutely uh so i guess my last question and i'm gonna wrap it up on you so what for you what does success look like what legacy do you want to leave behind how do you want people to remember you when it's all said and done and you feel like you reached where the pinnacle that you needed to reach <laughs> i know i'm, I'm uh, trying to wow okay hey uh but let me see what does success look like uh, to me and for me? Success looks like freedom, mm. uh, regardless of what area you uh, are striving to be successful in. It's freedom um, to be able to go and do as you please respectfully as it relates to your passions and your destiny. It, it, it's freedom. Mm hmm. Um, and the other part of the question, you said what? Legacy. Your legacy. My legacy. Uh, whenever I leave this realm, um, my legacy will definitely be one of love. That I um, loved everyone. Um, some from a further distance than others, but genuinely loved everyone. And... Uh, when I take my last breath, it 
will hopefully be still connected to the mindset that I never stopped. Because mm-hmm. the, the, the goal for me is not a singular destination. The goal for me is to keep going until I can't go anymore. The goal for me is to continue dreaming bigger dreams than the ones that become reality. Mm-hmm. There is no ceiling. And so with that being said, that's what I aim to encourage others around me to do. I mean, it's it's never enough in terms of learning, in terms of living, in terms of becoming the best version of you that you can be. There's always room for improvement. There's always room for greater works. And so that's definitely the legacy that I want to live, that I want to live and that I want to leave. Awesome. And that's, no better way said that is that is real and to the core uh mr harvey fitz before we go uh how can we find you if you have any socials any websites anything that people can find you and look you up at? yes absolutely so my website is www.sirharveyfitz.com and that's f-i-t-z and uh whatever social media platform that you have it's sir harvey fitz it's all the same everywhere you go. Um, that's a quick branding tip for any up and coming artist. Just make it as easy as possible for people to find you. So it's Sir Harvey Fitz everywhere that there uh, is social media. Awesome. And just to let everyone know that even though he said it, all the artists and performers that are going to be there that evening, all their stuff will be posted you know, on our platforms, on our social media platforms at Two Fingers. So you'll have all the information. You can find them there. I'll make sure to tag them so it'll be easy access. And then they'll be um, listed in the comments and pinned to the top of any videos that we post as well um, under the podcast. So again, we just want to thank you, Mr. Harvey Fitz, for joining us. We're so excited for those of you guys who are planning to come or who are coming. Again, the Just Flow It event is Sunday, August 14th. All right, doors open at 4 o'clock. Showtime will start at 5 p.m. And we're just going to have a good night, man. It's going to be filled with many vibes. Hopefully, we can end your, your weekend the right way or be a fueling rejuvenation leading you into your following week coming after that. So we thank you again, Mr. Harvey Fitz, for being with us. And with that, we are out on there. Thank you so very much for having me. All right, everyone, welcome back. We are back with another featured artist who will be performing at the Just Flow It Poetry Spoken Word Night. We're really excited for it. Again, this event is happening Sunday, August 14th, uh, right around the Dallas Airport in Virginia in the DMV. So first and foremost, Ambry, welcome. We are so glad to have you here with us. Glad you could be a part of us. Um, how's everything going for you? Um. I'll be honest, life is kicking my ass right now, but I'm good. I'm still here. I'm still here. And I'm glad to be here. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. And that's the honest truth. We please be truthful. Life is kicking everybody's <laughs> ass. Trust you, me. Boy, <laughs> adversity is real out here. Um, so, you know, first of all, I'm gonna let you guys in on a on a secret. So I actually came across Embry. I went to a Bus Boys and Poets open mic evening on a monday in charlottetown virginia 
and uh she was out there with a couple other i guess close friends of hers uh nico and t streeter they were out there and you know the three of them they really inspired me but and i hear them all the time but you know ambry has something about the way she spoke and the elegance and the way she could you know deliver truth so bluntly but in a very elegant way where it was like damn she like hit me like real for that so that's why you know i definitely had to have her a part of our event to you know bring that side of it again a black queen here with us as well so ambry if you don't mind um tell us who you are like who are you are where you're from and tell us a little bit about yourself oh first of all thank you i really appreciate that um so i am ambry um i am a poet author speaker um just a regular normal person trying to get through life um i'm from baltimore and um poetry that's that's my thing right now um i've been writing poetry i wrote my first poem in the sixth grade and i have been writing ever since um the day after your show is actually will be my first um will be my year of doing spoken word um so i'm kind of a newbie well congratulations Um, (laughs) thank you but um yeah i'm like it took me a while to actually push myself to do it because i am like super shy i don't do public speaking but just over the year, I was just seeing myself just grow so much and being more confident in this. So um, I'm really excited about this. Awesome. And kind of just to emphasize the specific parts in that, she's from Baltimore. I'm the biggest Ravens fans there is. And <laughs> so just to let everyone know who don't know, now you know. Um, and you said this, you're coming up on a year for your anniversary of actually being a you know spoken word full-time or professional spoken word artist yeah that is huge i'm actually uh i actually probably really just started like speaking publicly at places probably like what back in march or february probably the evening that i met y'all to be honest because for the longest yeah i used to like you much like you i've been writing since i was young um but you know sports and conferences and everything i was involved in everything growing up you know my parents had this black man in america persona but uh i had like a traumatic experience in high school so i kind of shut myself away and never mm-hmm. opened back up again but uh but like i said and i even i even texted you that night and told you that you actually inspired me to get back out there on stage um we had hit i had hit you that same night so that is yes, awesome I um mm-hmm. so you you spoke on who you were, where you're from, and whatnot. Let's flip to the author side. I know you have this brand, and I believe you have a book that you wrote, The Woman I Am Becoming. Can you uh, tell us yes. a little bit more about your brand and your book and what that all means to you? Um, so the brand and the book, they tie in together. Um, the brand started first, The Woman I Am Becoming. It just stemmed from a random poem one day I wrote on for Women's Day back in, like, 2018. Um, I'm just, I'm just a supporter of women just being the best versions of themselves. And the journey on womanhood is consistent. And I just, you know, I just want to push, um, just encourage people to continually grow. I am trying to incorporate men. I don't want them to feel left out. <laughs> so right, right now, I do have like merch. Um, that's unisex too but i i'm working mm-hmm. on incorporating more things for men um because i want it to be like you know for everybody but yeah. um you know right now the focus is on women right you got a uh, niche market you got a yeah. niche market 
the book um the book is my baby um when I sat down and I was ready to write it I felt like the book was maybe 90 percent done already I just literally took all the poems that I had in my possession from childhood teenage years college therapy sessions Mm. uh, adulthood and everything just kind of like flowed in the story so that's how like I know like you know it was it was really meant for me to do this because it it just was extremely smooth like a smooth Mm -hmm. process um even to publishing it was just everything just flowed so I knew that was you know that was my assignment God wanted me to do when I fulfilled it so it's about just what we as women go through and I've had men pick up the book too and read it and was touched by it and moved by it as well but I think it's you know it can hit home for anybody really Mm -hmm. and so kind of just elaborating on the brand the book and you know your poetry what was the inspiration for all this like what really at what point did you be like hey Embry this is something that you need to do this is this is a this is a journey that God has placed you on what was your inspiration and how did you move forward with that um pain um I learned that pain is has if you allow it it'll birth something beautiful and um I'll say back in like 2017 I hit a brick wall um now I have a couple poems that talks about it in the book but um I was completely like lost like I to the point where I didn't want to live anymore it was like I was in a really dark place and I didn't ever I didn't think I was ever going to get out of it but um I had stopped writing for a while like once I got in the military and then once you know once that season happened I I went straight to writing again and um I read a lot of books so you know when I was coming out of it and I started therapy then you know, I just realized like how, how much reading and writing like was helping me. And, you know, I just had a thought about writing a book and I was like, I don't know where that thought came from, but I'm like, you know, I'm like struggling right now. There's no way I can like write a book, but um, the thought wouldn't go away. Like, you know, a year later, a couple years later, I just kept seeing signs. And then I, I started a blog and people were saying like, you know, you really need to write a book. And uh, once I got serious and like really sat down and like planned out days, that's when everything just started flowing. And I really wanted to do a self-help book. I didn't have an intention of doing poetry, a poetry book, but it happened. So that was, that was God's plan. But I, I definitely say pain was the catalyst for this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you on that. And, you know, I'm glad that you actually took the step because, you know, a lot of people, tend to shy away from things that they're either uncomfortable with or unfamiliar with, or, you know, sometimes you, you read books from other people and you'd be like, wow, these people really write books. Do I, do I even have the, you know, the skill set or the capability to write a book for people that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like the old, you know, you're sensitive about your shit, right? Like you, you like, do I even spill out and be vulnerable to the people? So um, I'm, I'm glad you did that again. Like I'm a fan. I've, like I said, I've been following you and keeping up to track with everything you do. So that's that's great. Um, so I got about two questions left for you. Uh, my one of my this is actually my favorite question, and I, I kind of want to know because I saw something, and I'm gonna see if you're gonna elaborate on it. But we don't. <laughs> be. Um, who is Ambry, and who is a glowing poet? So I I like this question. I've never even thought about this um or got asked this question um 
So I am going to say a glowing poet is Amberie's highest self. Um, mm. I just had a realization uh, a couple of days ago. I was like, I was having a moment. Um, and I am, I'm trying to manage, you know, my depression and like anxiety and things like that. And, you know, Amberie sometimes um, when she's going through that, she likes to stay stuck in the bed and, <laughs> you know, mope around and stuff right, like that. Right, and right. a situation had hit me and I had, you know, a ticket to go to an open mic out Virginia. And, you know, Amberie wanted to stay home and cry. <laughs> but a glowing poet was like, no, sis, we got to get up. We got to keep moving and fighting through this. And um, I got on the stage and like my my heart, I'm not gonna lie, my heart my heart was in shambles, but I still, you know, pushed through and um Orville was actually there and he said, mm-hmm. like once he got I didn't even know he was there, but when he got when I got off the stage, he told me that was like the best performance he ever saw and you know how he noticed that I like completely transformed. And I was telling my mother, you know, the poem that I did, like I needed to hear those words in that moment. And she said, you know, sometimes when we're right, that's the when we write, that's our highest self um, speaking to us. And I never looked at it like mm-hmm. that until she said um, wow. said that. So even like yesterday, I was practicing you for your event, and some of the poems that I'm doing is like it was hitting me because like like I need to hear this like right now. Like you know, I don't know what I was going through when I wrote it, but I feel mm-hmm. like right now I I needed these words. So ever since those moments, it's like. A glowing poet is just where I am, like, inspired to be, where I'm, like, trying to push myself to be, and, um, yeah, my higher self. I love it, and, you know, that's the old that's the old church saying, right? Pastors walking yeah. down the street today, you walking down your own street today with the your own words kind of being your, your medicine, your yeah. things that's rejuvenating you. So that's a glowing poet, your higher self. So what is Amberie outside of, you know, poetry? what what is, Who is Amberie? Who is she? Hmm. I um. Who is Amber? That is a very good question. Like, what is she like to do? <laughs> What's her hobbies? Amber is is kind of a mixture of you know seriousness and playfulness. Um, Amber is a dancer. Um, that's like her passion since childhood. Besides writing, um, she likes to um she likes to isolate sometimes. Um. But she likes to be around like her close friends. She likes to skate. Um, and she is just working on just becoming the best version of herself in every season she's in and just getting closer to God. Amen. I hear that. And that's that that was actually the answer I was waiting for. The uh well, the closer to God too. We never want to disregard him. But yeah. uh definitely um the skating part, because I, I remember probably like i said like you were very inspirational to me like literally that first week i don't know what happened i was going through some stuff myself so like hearing you and just kind of like following you was amazing that first week i saw you skating i was like oh she skates too like i was like i was like i was having like a grand old time i was like i was so happy so i was like i wonder like if if that's something like she really gets down with and like if that's really something that she does so i'm glad to hear that i'm glad to see that you know you yes i love skating you have a yeah, definitely. But I love the fact that you have a an alter ego, right? Like I have this, I have a couple alter egos and those come with like different sports and stuff like that. But personally, I have an alter ego where, you know, I have to put on not a facade, but a different, right, an armor to go out into the world, right? 
and you got to be able to face the world, especially as a black person here in America. But, you know, when you're at home, you spoke on it, like you, you rather just lay in bed and, you know, either cry or just not feel it or just living or being a slump. And, you know, sometimes, you know, people talk about that ego is bad, but, you know, sometimes it, it, it actually motivates you and gets you out of a lot of things. So, um, last question and I'm gonna let you go. Uh, so in the end for Amaria, a glowing poet, whether that's tomorrow, next week, next year, five years, a hundred years, 30 years, what does success look like to you? And what legacy does she want to leave behind for people to either grasp, resonate with, be inspired by? Like, what is something that you want us to know fully about you? Um, let's see. Success. Success to me is living in your purpose, walking in your purpose, knowing what your purpose is. And I feel like I may not know the extent, but I feel like I'm starting off in it. Um, and I feel like success to me also means allowing God to use you. Um, and just by just by getting so much like feedback from people like like you when you reached out to me that night it it helps me like you know to keep going and to know that I'm on the right path like sometimes when I get messages like the one you sent and like from other people I literally print them out because I have my days where I'm like second guessing myself and I'm questioning and I literally go back and read you know those messages so even I feel like you know wherever I go is what I say blesses one person, that's success to me. Um, you have to tell me that other question. <laughs> I forgot that question. Uh, no, that's, I mean, it's what is success or, you know, what legacy do you plan to legacy. leave behind? Um, like when, like with your poetry, with your books or anything, like what's, what about the words that you speak to us? Do you want us to, you know, walk away from? I, my biggest takeaway is loving yourself. Um, that has been a struggle for me all my life. And I feel like, you know, things didn't start getting better for me until I actually learned to love myself, um, and get to know myself, um, on a deeper level. So I think that would be my biggest takeaway. You got to love yourself. You can't, you know, try to love anybody else or try to, you know, make anybody else love you or even search for love. You gotta, you gotta know that you love yourself and know how God views you and loves you as well. Absolutely. And, you know, again, as a black woman, that's, you know, I grew up in a household full of aunts and girl cousins and sisters. So I'm around y'all all the time. And that, that would be one of the biggest things I would say is, especially because, you know, throughout history and life, you guys, you guys are probably the most discriminated yeah. the the most disadvantaged in every aspect of life professionally or personally so you know that is huge for you to say and uh you know before we close can you uh you know give everybody your your socials and everything where they can find you what where they can find your books and anything other platforms that you want us to locate you at yes yeah, so i am on instagram and tiktok at a glowing poet um my website is the woman i am becoming um, that's where all my merch is. I have some phones up there and interviews I've done. Um, yeah, those are probably the main ones. Um, my book is on the website too. It's also on Amazon, The Woman I'm Becoming. Um, 
the store Nubian Human is carrying it as well online and um, in DC and Baltimore. And um, yeah, check me out. Definitely. And we will have not only Amory's, but everyone else's social media, merchandise websites up on the IG account and all our other accounts as well. So you'd be able to find them there under us as well. We want to thank Amory, Miss Amory Bowman, a glowing poet for coming in with us. Please, you all, please go buy these tickets. Please come out and support these local performers and artists. They are beyond talented. And I promise you, you guys will not want to miss out on this show. They're going to come with a lot of a lot of stuff. So I'm excited. I know she's excited. And, you yes. know, we're just going to make it happen. So August 14th on a Sunday, you know, come right after church, you know, <laughs> get your either close your weekend out right or start your weekend week off right. So it doesn't matter which way you want to go about it, but they're going to definitely have some fuel for your soul. So thank you again, Miss Embry. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Likewise. Thanks. All right, everybody, welcome back. We are back with another performer, another artist that is going to be at our show this upcoming Sunday, August 14th, starting at 4 p.m. Doors open at 4. The show actually starts at 5 p.m. But I'm here with Mr. Orville, the poet, an entrepreneur, a creative genius, just a man to look up to. Mr. Orville, how are you doing this evening? Wow, I'm, I'm, I'm great. I'm honored. Uh, that, that was... That was a lie. That's, that's dope. I appreciate Absolutely. it. We speak truth here. So before we get into the questions, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us who you are and what you do. Um, name's Orville, just like the popcorn. That's my real name. Um, I am a lover of art, a fan first. I'm also a writer, a spoken word artist, um, write music, songs, poems, jingles, slogans. Um, and I'm also a social architect. Um, I run and own Pure Poetry Live, which is an entertainment company. Um, and we create spaces for people to share, you know, different different matters of the heart using various forms of art. So uh, that's that's a little bit about me. I, I really love love this stuff. Mm. And we appreciate that. And we're actually gonna dive deeper into some of the things you stated, but before we get there, for you personally, what was your inspiration for poetry and spoken word? Like, where did it come from? When did you know that this was something you really wanted to do? Um, it, I. Let me see. I'd say early, early on, um, I I witnessed spoken word being done as a teenager, and I always knew I wanted to do something with the arts, whether it be music or songs or what have you, a writer, ghostwriter, something like that. But when I experienced poetry it, it was it was different it was like 
a bomb went off in my head. Um, I remember it like yesterday. I uh, was at, I think it was at a church. It was at church and uh, like a litany group came through and, you know, kind of did these poems and acted them out and stuff. And, and I'm sitting there amazed, like, yo, like, is everybody else seeing this? Right. And, uh, you know, I'm there amazed, stuck in awe. And everyone's kind of like, oh, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. But it, it really changed it. It, it was something else went off in me. And uh, that's when I really realized that this is why we need to be exposed to so much more things because you you really don't know what you like if you've never been exposed to it. So um, I think uh, seeing it done in person at a very high level was like life-changing for me. Truly, truly. And, uh... I mean, you said it right, right? Like the, when you're exposed to new things, you have a new perspective on it. And, you know, that just comes with the change in life. So I appreciate that aspect on that. So kind of getting around that idea of inspiration, for me personally, I used to write a lot, especially at a young age, performing things in church and stuff. And I kind of shied away or pulled back, you know, with high school and college football and things like that. But actually, we're going to go into it. I went to one of your shows and that actually got me back into doing open mics and stuff like that. So with that being said, talk to me about your business, Pure Poetry Live. Talk to me about the brand, what you guys do. Like, how did that come about? And and so real quick before I get into that, right, I don't want to shy over what you just said. Brother, that is the mission of what I'm doing. My mission, I believe, I'm here to inspire, right? I'm here to do what I love so vigorously that it inspires you to do what you love. Mm-hmm. And if you came to Open Mic and then you like, you know what, I'm gonna get back into it, job done. And that's what I deem a success. So, but to, to get into the business side, uh, Pure Poetry really came from, uh, you know, being a lover of the arts and, you know, uh, I was a student. A lot of people don't know this. I went to every open mic you could go to in the D- in and around the DMV for about two and a half, almost three years before I ever said, yeah, I want to host. You know, um, a good brother of mine, Cedric Hand, just me, goes by the name just me. Um, he saw it in me early. He was like, yo, you should be a, you should host. You'll be a dope host. And I was like, what? I just know one poem. Like, I, I, I'm trying to get these poems down, bro. Right. So hosting, like, that's a whole nother bag. He was like, I hear you, but you'd be great at it. And, uh, you know, this is a brother I truly admired and still do. And if he sees this in me, then shoot, might, might, might want to give it a try. So, right. um, so yeah, that's, that's how that came, and I got an opportunity to uh, put the notes and the the data I've collected over the years going to these different open mics, like you know what I would do differently, what I would like, and and then uh, and then I did it, and um, and now we're here. Right, and I think we're you just celebrated your ten year anniversary, correct? Ten ten year anniversary, bro. Oh, decade, decade, brother. <laughs> That's- People don't be staying at their job for a decade, much less, you know what I mean? So, uh, really, really as a black man, too, that's that's the 
not only do you have a business of expressive art and you're inspiring young and old and first of all people let me tell you these events are no normal events especially when it's with like featured artists or catered to a specific day or holiday like it's next level and i i don't think i've missed one since i've started low-key like i think once i started back in january or february i've been you've been on you've been on the ball i've been on them so but that's what that but that's what that does the, the environment is like that and i I love being in a community where it's us, you know what I'm saying? You get to see us in different shades, different glories, different beauties, different perspective. But you reach out to other communities, cultures, ethnicities, and races. I've seen people come from Philly, South Carolina, I don't know, Texas. They come from all over to be in this man's stuff. So it's incredible. Man, I, I appreciate that. And, um, you know, I really think this uh, – it happens like that in this full force right now because um, I've never, I know this, this stuff is bigger than me. You know what I mean? I am not poetry in its entirety. I am not spoken words entirety. The way I do it isn't the only way to do it. The end all be all. There's so many different ways and structures and vantage points and perspectives and I'm really a fan first, you know, like I said, like I'm a fan first. So I'm a fan of a lot of different artists that um, I think have, have, you know, come through over the years and, um, you know, made it a place where, you know, you're going to hear something dope. Uh, we've had the likes of uh, Kariga Bailey out of uh, Oakland, California, by way of Sacramento, California. We've had Black Ice. I mean, that brother needs no introduction. Oh, nice. We've had Jasmine Manns. She needs no introduction. Right. Um, and the list goes on and on. We've had Rudy Francisco. Um, so, you know, we just wanted to be a place where, you know, various matters of the heart can be experienced, uh, witnessed, received, and, you know, take this with you, uh, different various forms of arts where it can reach everyone where they are you know so i appreciate you saying that bro yeah just a vessel just a vessel bro this is this is so much bigger than me um so yeah i definitely appreciate it man hey again like i said all of you guys all the performers have been influential to me in so many ways you guys your own small businesses being who you are so I'm always down to support and whatnot. But with that being said, this is a question that I like to ask because I know we get so focused on our career and being hustlers and making things work, but your persona, like who are you outside of the pen and pad, outside of Pure Poetry Live, outside of the bus boys and poets? Like who are you just as Orville? Man, I'm so chill, bro. I'm so chill. I'm a regular dude. I love playing 2K, PlayStation Nation. Yep. Uh, no, no, no disrespect to Xbox, but Not PlayStation Sony only. Sony only. You know. Um, man, I love playing basketball. That was my first love. Uh, I I just knew I was going to be in the league. Um, uh, played in high school. I didn't play for my high school team because I grew up seven day in Venice, so we went to church on Saturdays and. They had two days on Saturdays. And if you couldn't participate in the practices, then you couldn't play on the team. So I made the team, 
but couldn't play. Right. So um, I uh, I almost got a scholarship to Georgetown University, but I didn't score high enough on the SATs. So Man. so now I'm like, damn. Right. So a lot of people like, yo, I don't know if I've said this out loud before, like this story right here. But um, so I, I you know, I, I didn't score well on the SAT. So that was no longer an option. So I went to community college, then realized, you know, I actually don't want to go to school. I want to start doing what I'm doing. But it, it ruined my basketball dreams. You know what I mean? So I never thought I was going to find something that I loved as much as basketball. And lo and behold, Boop. Poetry. <laughs> there it is. There I say it's it's surpassed the love I had or have for basketball. I still play all the time though, but this poetry it never turns off. <laughs> right. And that's one thing I tell people that all the time, you know, I love basketball. Football was my thing. And much like your story, I actually probably missed like two or three questions to get a scholarship to Columbia University in New York. Like oh, I, man, so your life is so much different, bro. Like literally just missed by like two questions. I would have been full scholarship to Columbia. But um, yeah, but I much like you, like football was my life, but then there's there's a time limit on that, right? Like yep. at some point that love has to come to an end and it's painful, whereas poetry and things like this, we could take that all the way to the grave and then be remembered beyond. So, you know, definitely you always on that. Really yeah. Definitely on that. Um, so you, I kind of, you kind of answered some, one of my other questions. So I'm gonna get to this. So you've actually, and I want to make this known, like here in the DMV, we're our own version of a melting pot. And the greatest thing is you don't have to go anywhere to be influenced, to be impacted by people. You can get all that right here in the district. So with that being said, Orville, aren't you nominated for a couple of awards this year uh, oh, in the DMV, you know, poetic arts area? Am I right? Uh, yeah, you, you are right, man. And, um, super honored. And I'm going to be a being with you, man. Um, as a matter of fact, this week, I think I, I need to make a post about that. Uh, I think to be nominated is the win. Yeah. Um, in every cat, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. Every category I'm in, I know one or two, if not all, the people I'm nominated with, right? So, <coughs> it because I'm such a fan first, and I want to see the culture shift and move forward. Anyway, like whoever gets picked, it's a win because look at what we're highlighting. Look at who we're highlighting, you know what I mean? So um, big shout out to DMV Renaissance. Um, much love and respect to the work they're doing in such a daunting task as, you know, um, picking one artist per category. I, I forgot how many categories they have. But again, because like you said, it's such a melting pot and such a big place. Um, that's a lot of people to go through and know. So. And big shout out to them. Big big shout out to the supporters and, and fans and friends that that nominated me for uh, those categories. And uh, y'all go check them out. Uh, I think I'm nominated for host of the year, for platform of the year, and male poet of the year. Um, and uh, you you know personally that 
those are three things I don't take lightly at all. Like I, I take them seriously. So um, it's always a blessing and, a, and, a, and an honor to be, uh, you know, highlighted by your peers and especially where you where you reside. You know, I'm, I'm from the DMV. I am the DMV, you know what I mean, by way of Jamaica. But, um, uh, you know, I, this is where I'm at. I'm here. So big, big, big shout out to them. Yeah, and that's huge because, and I'm a I'm a huge advocate of giving your flowers above ground, right? Making sure y'all know this. You and you know Sir Harvey. I think Harvey has the record breaking six nominees, which is crazy. It's never been heard of before. So he's in six different categories, and both of y'all are actually going to be at the show. So that just lets y'all know, as the audience, what kind of people influential people kind of pioneers that we have coming out here man it's, it's crazy yeah bro so I too. you got them haikus for you boy Woo. man so with that being said last thing and i'm gonna let you go boss when it's all said and done right like when it's i mean you don't ever really walk away from it but legacy you know how do you want to be remembered like what is what is the end all be all for you the end all be all is this it's a quote I have. I put it on a t-shirt and uh, consistency. If you know me, there's two things I want whenever you see me, feature, host, wherever. Know that consistency will change whatever league you're in. If you are consistent enough, you can change the league you're in. Now, consistently good, because if you're consistently bad, you're going to change the league you're in too but it's going right. to be your detriment. But your consistency will change whatever league you're in. If you're building a house and every day you put a cinder block on top of a cinder block, eventually, no matter what anyone says, time, whatever, you're going to get there, right? So that's number one. Number two, man, look, why are we waiting to do anything? Why are we waiting to do anything? We we were forced. And, and well, let me not say forced. We could not go outside for about two years. Yep. That was like prison for me, bro. I'm, I'm a people person. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, like staying in the house was detrimental to my mental health. But it showed me a lot of things that I needed to work on. Right? So get out here and get busy, brush your passion off, get to it. That thing, I hope every time anyone hears me when I'm dead and gone, all of that, yo, this is a dude that loved what he did, loved people, and went hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, that's, Absolutely. that's that's who my mom raised me to be. That's what my mom, my mom was grooming me to be a host uh, before I even knew. Um, you know, uh, my brothers and I talk about this. Whenever we had a family function of, you know, we're going over such and such house or whatever, it was our house. And mom would always cater to everyone's specific things. These aunts were vegan. These uncles couldn't eat certain things. Uh, you know, certain people enjoy these games versus these games. So all of these little idiosyncrasies that I didn't think I was paying attention to, 
I definitely was. Um, it's ingrained in me, and that's how I move with my business. And that's why I feel like Big Bro could could see, yo, hey, you can be a good host. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Could see yeah. these things in me early, man. And and my mom, the first poem I ever wrote was uh, my mom saying, hey, you know, we were going to my uh, grand aunt's retirement, Joan. She was like, hey, you know, you should do something for her. And I was like, what? She was like, I don't know, write a poem or something. That's how my first poem was written. So I used to think mom just said that happenstance. Like, I don't know, write a poem or something. But now I really feel like she saw certain things already in me and was like, that was her way of creatively, you know, not forcing, but guiding. Like, I don't know, write a poem. You know? And so now... Man, my one wish is that I could thank her for that. Absolutely. So I'm saying, but rest in peace, mom. Absolutely. For sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. And like you went back to the, that was, that was heavy. But when you said that other thing about the pandemic, you know, I have a mantra that's just like, no excuse, just produce, right? Like, Ooh. everyone can you can make a million reasons or there can always be something to stop you. And, you know, especially as black people, we've had to face so much adversity historically in life. But at some point, you know, you got to stop making that excuse and make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Like if we don't keep pushing the boundaries, if we don't keep chasing that finish line that keeps getting pushed away from us, you know what I'm saying? Like if my grandparents and my parents and them, didn't keep doing what they're doing, I wouldn't be where I'm at. So I can't, Facts. I can't, I can't do that to the next generation. I can't give up all this work they gave us just because I don't feel like educating, you know, our allies or those other members anymore, just because I'm tired of facing traumas and stuff. So that's why I do this platform. That's why I'm always, you know, reaching out to you and everybody and anyone who needs exposure. I'm like, if I'm influenced by these people, everyone else needs to. And so I'm gonna do my part and do what I can. So with all that being said, enough about that. Give us your socials, your websites, everything that people can find you and keep up with you. Man, so um, again, thank you for the work you're doing, brother. Um, it's it's not easy work, you know? It's, it's, it's tasking work, but it is necessary work. So I don't wanna, you know, smooth over what you just said. I definitely, genuinely appreciate that. Um, so if you are so impressed uh, you could check me out in my business at Orville the Poet. That's on Instagram, and it's spelled O R V I L L E T H E P O E T. Orville the Poet. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, also, Pure Poetry Live on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also dot com, purepoetrylive.com. Also, OrvilleThePoet.com. So, uh, yeah, those are all the spots you can check me out at. We have an open mic every first Thursday of the month, downtown Silver Spring at the Cowley's rooftop. Uh, Lamar was just there Thursday. He can tell you about it. Uh, but, you know, don't take our word for it. Check it out for yourself. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And just to remind you all, every one of these artists and performers will be at the Breakers Sky Lounge. August 14th, which is a Sunday at yeah. 4 p.m. Doors open, show starts at 5 p.m. If you need to end your week or your weekend off smooth or 
get a jump start and get rejuvenated for a new week, please let these artists and performers fuel your soul. You will not be disappointed. Uh, and we want to thank you again, Orville Deport, for being here with us. And uh, I look forward to hearing what you're presenting. Absolutely, man. I, you know, <laughs> you heard that when I did Thursday. Oh, I ain't gonna tell it. I ain't gonna say it. You yeah, yeah, don't say it. But, uh, don't say it but... I got, I got some, I got some stuff up my sleeve for that one. Yes, yeah. I'm ready. Right. VA, I'm, I'm, I'm coming not to play at all. <laughs> That's good because uh, your host might got a couple some of his sleeve too. We don't know. Hey, hey, hey. The more, the merrier. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you again. I know you got a busy schedule, so go ahead and do what you're doing. We thank you again for being here with us. Hey, appreciate it, man. Thank you guys so much. Hey, make sure you tap in to the Two Fingers podcast, my man Lamar, man. Thank you. Thank you. We yes, out. All right, everybody, welcome back. We are here with another guest with us this evening. She is actually a close friend of mine. We actually got to grow together and talk a lot and spend some time together um, at, a, at the university. We both went to Bentley University. Shout out to New England, shout out to the Northeast. But who I have with us today, she's gonna be our guest speaker coming all the way from Boston. Just give it up for Miss Yesma. How you doing? Hey, what's up? How are you? Awesome. Awesome. It's it's really good to kind of get back in communications and actually link back up. I'm, I remember probably you, you're, she's, you're a year behind me, right? So my sophomore year um, and pretty much, I think junior year is when we kind of grew a little bit closer together. I was actually up there that summer and we were hanging out around with the, with the crew, but it's good to speak with you again. Yeah, no, for sure. Thanks for shouting out Bentley, you know. <laughs> The good old days. Um, but now nah, I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So, yes, Ma, uh, could you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and, you know, what is it that you do? Yeah, of course. So, my name is actually Esma Team. I go by Yesma. I was born and raised in Boston. I'm first-generation American. Um, my family actually emigrated from Algeria in the 90s. So, a lot of my work is rooted in my culture and where I come from and my experiences growing up. Um, I'm a creative, I'm a writer, I'm an author, um, I'm a visionary, um, I'm like a very ideas type of person. So I love soccer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm kind of like all around, but um, yeah. Awesome. And kind of going to, let's go in more depth of your creativity. Like who, what is your inspiration behind your your poetry and your creative thinking and everything you do? Like what inspires you to do, you know, everything that you do? Yeah, sure. So I'm gonna take us all the way back to when I really discovered my love for poetry. Um, I discovered my love of words and wordplay back when I was about like seven or eight years old in elementary school. And um, it was like this English class that we had I think it was ELA, like English language arts. Um, and my teacher had us do poetry and like poems and we would always write new poems. And I felt like this was something that I could finally express myself in, in a unique way, you know, in a way that sounds good and nice to the ears. 
And so my teacher told me like, wow, you actually like, you have a talent in this. Um, and that's just sort of where I found my solace. Um, and that's where I really discovered it. And so I love reading books. And so a lot of my inspiration comes from authors like Toni Morrison. I love Toni Morrison. Um, her style in literature is very elite and unmatched and I love her writing technique. So somebody like that, I really, um, I look up to. Of course, Maya Angelou was somebody when I fell in love with her when I was young too. Um, mm -hmm. Audre Lorde is another really, really great poet. Um, and I really relate to her because she talks a lot about the intersectionalities within her own identity. Um, and a lot of my poetry is really rooted in my experiences and um, the intersectionalities of my own identity and the different um, levels of life that I, that I experience at different um, speeds. Um, so that's really where my poetry and my love for that is rooted. But I write a lot about societal issues. I write a lot about my own experiences and what I observe. And I really want my words to be an, to to be inspirational. I really want them to raise awareness, and I really want them to create positive impacts. So that's why I I love performing. I love performing in front of different crowds because I want to be able to tap into different individuals who might relate or it might. Um, open their eyes to something new that they haven't experienced yet. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that is just what I, what I go through in life. And that's just sort of my outlet. Awesome. I love that. And, you know, I, I do like the fact that you, you know, you brought in some, some artists that inspired you in performance. Like for me personally, of course, I think Maya Angelou might be like, you know, the fairy godmother to mm -hmm. a lot of people of poetry, but you know, for me, I was, you know, I have the black side, but then, you know, growing up, being able to grow up in a suburban area, you know, I was afforded that from my family kind of getting, you know, the government jobs and whatnot. You know, I was able to listen to, you know, the Langston Hughes and, mm -hmm. you know, that crowd. But then, you know, I, I, for me personally, I really enjoy like, like classic literature, right? Like, you know, like the patriarchy, like the Italian style, William Shakespearean, you know, um, Edgar Allan Poe, mm -hmm. like those dudes got like a different way of thinking. And even though like, no, it's not black, but I could feel the pain in like a lot of the ways they talk, um, you could hear like the poeticness within their verbiage. Yeah. And then I'm also a kid too. Like I love the play ons, like Shel Silverstein by far, I probably collected all his books. So definitely <laughs> he was the I man for that. me. Um, <laughs> it's so, so funny you brought up, oh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> nah, I got so excited because you brought up Shakespeare and I mm -hmm. absolutely love Shakespeare growing up. And yes. my friends would, to this day, make fun of me because I still have a lot of like, like, because we used to have, we used to have uh, to memorize mm -hmm. a lot of like, um, what are they, like monologues from Shakespeare. Yeah, the so I still have a bunch of them memorized and my friends would just look at me like all right so are you gonna pull out Shakespeare <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you though but but for real I think like and I think really when I hit high school and like the the classical literature whether it was English or whatever, whatever European it was like I really kind of grew into that like when we started talking about like the Odyssey and the Iliads and yeah. you know Hamlet, that <laughs> whole genre, yeah, that whole genre Oedipus complex, like that whole genre of English literature, I think it was so astounding to me because, you know, as a black man or as people of color, we don't get the opportunity to learn a lot of those stuff, especially at a complex level, an intellectual mm -hmm. level, and to be able to understand it, right? And to right. comprehend like a lot of the stuff that they're talking about still goes on today. It's just they use different you know, old Queens English, but 
if you were to put a hip hop spin or anything on that, it's still the same thing that we live through today. So I think that's why I was able to relate it because I always looked at it with a different, you know, with a different lens, a different perspective on it. So yeah, definitely. It's also interesting. Um, I'm going to add on to something really quick before we move on. But um, another thing that I hadn't mentioned, but I absolutely love music. And Mm -hmm. a lot of my writing comes from like when I listen to rap and hip hop. Mm -hmm. Like I love lyricism and wordplay. And so a lot of my inspiration, like sometimes I won't I won't sit here and read other like poems to get inspired. I'll listen to music to get inspired because it's poetry, just poetry on a beat. Right. So I listen to like I listen to so many different artists just to get that inspiration, and I'm like, all right, now I know, now I'm I got my flow back, you know. Yeah. Um, so music is definitely another inspiration for me as well. I mean, that's my whole. That's literally my whole style, right? Like street poetry is definitely for me. Like a lot of people call themselves poets. I call myself a flowit because, like, you know, like <laughs> I don't I don't that's rap. That. I don't rap, but you know, I definitely enjoy speaking over a beat and like having that rhythm and that cadence mm-hmm. within the music. So trust me, I'm the biggest R and B soul person there is. So you you ain't saying nothing but a word to me on that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, kind of moving on. I kind of want to stay on you and kind of moving. So I know you talked about you know your heritage, your culture. Um, you recently put out a book, and I think I'm not sure. I can't remember. Was it about your mother? I believe. Yes. So um, it's called Speechless, and a little context there, a couple years ago when, you know, COVID first hit and we all went into quarantine, I always had a dream to write a book, um, but I always felt like something that I was going to do later on in life, like when I had time, you know, mm-hmm. but the world stopped and I finally had time and I had, there was no space for excuses. Um, and so I took that time to really be like, you know what, mom, like, my youngest brother's autistic, he's on speaking. And I told her, I'm like, you have a story and I really, really want to share your story. And obviously with her blessing, she told me like, of course. So I spent months, months, I think the entire summer of 2020 interviewing my mom. I got her entire story, I wrote everything out. And I really wanted, I, the purpose of the book is to be, I wanted to be an outlet for families, for doctors or for whoever that is going through similar experiences. Um, I want them to really feel like, hey, I'm not alone. It's not just me. Cause it is easy to feel like it's just you. But um, initially the book was actually supposed to be about, strictly about my brother and my mm-hmm. mom raising my brother. Um, mm-hmm. But then I realized that this was a great opportunity to to talk about my mom, I realized that it wasn't so much so my brother's story, but my mom's story to tell. And I wanted to take this as a as an opportunity to talk about, you know, Algeria, to talk about where she came from and talk about her culture and how she made it to America. So talk about immigration, her and my dad, and how her being an immigrant, somebody who doesn't speak English as, you know, their first language and the barriers that she had to face, the adversity she had to face when being when being faced with something like autism, like what what does that mean? Yeah. Um, so, the book is called Speechless. Um, it's on my website, smoneyteam.com. It's on Amazon. But really, the history behind it is just it's my mom's history, and I write it from her perspective. 
So think of it like an auto, like a memoir. It's a memoir mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. with a ghostwriter instead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm her ghostwriter. Um, but yeah, like that, that was something really special for me. And I knew that that was something that I needed to put together. And to this day, it's, it's my favorite project thus far. Um, and I actually include a poem that I wrote about my brother in the book too. So I like to intertwine a lot of different things, but um, yeah. That's beautiful. And uh, I think, you know, because I follow you, I think, I don't know if I've heard that one or you, maybe you wrote another one about your brother that you have posted on your Instagram, but I don't know if that's the same one, but you, you do got, that is a, that is a, a story to tell, um, especially, you know, mothers, they're just the birth of so many nations, right? Like if you, like nothing, nothing can be without a mother and the fact that you know your mother had the courage to not only leave her country to come to a new world right but to raise her children and then be faced with you know a task of not speaking english as her first language being in a new world but also having an autistic child too so that's that's incredible that's truly incredible thank you uh but for sure um so kind of moving on, I'm not trying to make light of any situations, but you know, still moving on through this. Not I, wanna good. Make, I just wanna I just wanna make sure we get you I'm trying to get as much encompassed about you as I can in this for short sure, span. Yeah, so sure. like nah, I know, yeah. It gotta be short too. So, and, <laughs> and I can talk for days, you know, like I, believe I talk it. I'm lot. right there. <laughs> I am right there with you, and I have no problems with that for sure. Um, but like Yesma, like tell us who who is Yesma? And then who is Esma when she's not with the pen and pad? You know what I'm saying? Like, who who are you without the pen and pad? You know what's so funny? It, I've never thought of it. I've never thought of the Yesma and Esma as two different people. Mm-hmm. You're not the first person that has has said something like that to me. Somebody's mentioned that it's like my alter ego or whatever. Ego, yeah. But it's funny. Like, I think of, this is going to be a little bit funny, but you know how Hannah Montana... <laughs> Highlights got the two best of both worlds. I just don't got a blonde wig. <laughs> right? No, nah, but that's real, though, because that's uh, the same thing with me when I play football, so I feel you. I feel nah, you. So, yeah, so, I mean, I guess when I'm Yesma, I'm really Yesma on stage, and I think that's really the only time I'm, you know, I'm Yesma, but I think it's just more so channeling a different type of energy. Like, when I'm writing, I feel like, it's just something magical happening, you know, like you feel like you feel this rush, like this adrenaline. Like earlier today, I was talking with one of my friends and I'd asked her, I'm like, is there, is there a topic? Cause I like to challenge myself when I write too. Um, I don't want to feel like I'm only writing about the same thing. And so I asked her, I was like, Hey, is there a topic um, that you would want me to write about? And so she was telling me something that she thought would be really cool. So I started writing and when I started writing, I'm like, Oh my God, like, like what's happening right now, <laughs> you know? And so I feel like that that magical experience that you're having with yourself, that is what I experience as Yesma when I'm on stage. Um, and then Esma, that's just my, like me, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know me, so I am who I am. Yeah. Like yeah. what you get at face value, that's all. Right, it's you, at, it's you at the core, right? That's, that's exactly. what you get, so. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, that's awesome, man. I and I like to ask that question just because me personally, I ask myself that question a lot too. Like, especially when, you know, for you and some of our other creatives, this is something you could do for a lifetime, right? Like 
like but you know hanging up the cleats that 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 has a time span right so like who like so who are you Lamar outside of you know when you're on that field when you're that when you have that different mentality when you have that dog in you like who are you when that is all said and done when that goes away and so I ask myself that all the time because there is still a burning passion and love for the sport right but there's also reality right there's a health Mm -hmm. reality there's a lifespan so that's why I like to ask you guys that because it's just it's a real question and it it forces you to really think and channel who you are and that's something you can ask yourself every day and strive for something new every day, right? Like, like Yesma, Yesma gets on that stage and she's coming with energy. She's coming with force, but maybe Esma, it's not like she's not the same energy, but maybe she's a little bit more reserved, you know what I mean? Maybe she right, prefers right. to be a little bit introverted and keep all the stuff in the lab and vault her writings and not share when Yesma's like, no, 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 we need to share this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's just about which one pushes you to to speak your real truth and i think that's the good thing like people hate alter egos i'm a big fan of it like i'm all about like no excuse just produce whichever one gets it out there use it Um, exactly so for sure like so to end the the last question for you what is success to you and as a legacy how do you want to be remembered when it's all said and done These are both heavy questions. Um, I, I try to put it on y'all, man. I got to give it. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> He's like, this is a short interview, but, this, right, these, but are, me... these are the heaviest of questions. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how I this do, is, baby. This is a whole essay question in, in it school. It is. I need it in like, MLA five, format. I need MLA five paragraphs. Um, so I'm going to give you the intro and the conclusion. There's no body. <laughs> okay. Give me the intro and the conclusion, then. I feel like... I think that um actually let's run it back when I, I I say this all the time with my friends I talk about how when we're kids it's kind of engraved in us where it's like what do you want to be when you grow up right like you want to be a fireman you want to be a policeman or you strive to be rich right mm-hmm. like it's always about money like you want to work hard or that stems I think from a lot of like cultural things, immigration things, you know, you want to make sure that you're financially stable, financially free. And I believe in all of that too. I think financial freedom um, is very, very important. But I think when it comes to success, because it means something different to everybody, I think the foundation of it at least is doing what brings you inner peace, Mm -hmm. doing what makes you happy because I could be on top, I could be the VP of a company and that might look like success to some people and I could be miserable and hate my job. I'm just good at discipline. I can discipline myself, right? Like I can get to the top, but when I'm at the top, it's like, yeah, I have all this money, but am I truly happy? You know, I think this kind of brings you, brings us to the question of like, does money bring you happiness and whatever? There's so many different answers to that, but Ultimately, success for me is just is, is really doing what makes me happy, being in a position in my life where, yes, I am financially free on my own terms, um, but I find peace. And that means peace within, you know, family, love, career, passion. Um, there's a lot of layers to that, but I think the foundation of success, at least to me at this point in my life, I do see it as being in a being in a position where I am happy, where I am doing what I love, where I'm surrounded by love, where I am at peace. Um, 
that's that's success for me mm. um there was a part two to that question and how do you wanted yeah, to say something yeah. no 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 <laughs> Trust me, you got time. Don't don't be shortening your answers. Like I'm, you trust me. It's my podcast. I I control this. So you got time. Speak speak whatever you got to speak. So the second part to this is, what legacy do you want to leave behind, and how do you want to be remembered? Um, this question is very very interesting to me because you feel like you're just oh, getting started, huh? <laughs> I am one hundred percent just getting started, but about. I don't know about a year ago or so or a, a while ago a while ago i was going through the motions um and i was trying to i feel like we all kind of go through it where you're like i don't know what to do with my life you know do i want to go back to school what career path do i want to take you know i feel like we kind of all go through that but i was really going through it right and i'm like well if I go back to school, what do I want to go back to school for? And all of this, all these questions. I'm an overthinker. So I also think about like the little things too and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was having a conversation with one of my good friends. And he had asked me a question that had never been asked before. And it completely changed my outlook on everything. And it was the question you just asked me. And it was, well, what do you want your legacy to be? And he asked me that, and I was actually taken aback. I was, I just, I was, my jaw dropped because I was like, wait, hold up. I've never seen it from that, from that perspective. I've always just kind of seen it from, I'm just looking up and it's like, well, what do I want to do? What do I think will make me happy in five years? But instead it's kind of like looking backwards you're at the finish line looking back. What do I want to be remembered for? What do I want? What do I want my legacy to be? What do I want people to know me for? What that's What do I want to be known? You know, like that's a I was bar looking back from the finish line, like that's a bar. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bar, yo. I had to stop and pause on that joke. He said, "In reality, I'm looking from the finish line back to the start. Like, what do I? What a part of this journey do I? Wow." You know, so I didn't get like, I was just, I was taken aback and I, I, it, it really made me stop and think. And a part of me is still looking for that answer. I think I know the overarching answer of the more I experience the life, the more I realize that I do want to be somebody who leaves a positive impact on my community, on my people. I do want to be somebody who makes a positive change. I want to be somebody who changes statistics for the better. I want to be someone whose words are read over and and people are like, wow, like that was amazing. Like that inspires me. I do want to be an inspiration. Like I want people to, not for me, but for the people, like for my community, I, if it inspires you and it helps you in some way, shape, form, or any of that, then that would make me happy. That is what I want my legacy to be. There's no one thing that I can be like, well, I want to, you know, be extremely rich and I want to leave behind. Yes, I want to leave behind generational wealth for my for my future kids. Yes, I want to put them in a position where you know, they can think of their grandma or their mom and be like, oh my God, she set it all up for us. Like, yes, of course, that's great. 
but I feel like when I think a little bit deeper into it, like I, I, if I think of my own inspirations and people that inspire me, I want to be like that and, mm. and, and think to myself like, wow, I want to, I'm motivated because I heard that one person say what they said. That's what I, that's what I want my legacy to be. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, um, it's not just about, it's not about people pleasing, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's really, what am I bringing to the table for myself too? You know, like, what do I want to be for my people? And also, what do I want to be for myself? Mm-hmm. So, again, I think there's also layers when it comes to legacy. That's, I think, where I'm at right now in life. When Because, I said, as I said before, I'm still kind of figuring it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but based off of just sort of my experiences as of now, I feel like I do want to leave that positive impact. Um, for others and for myself. I always say that it's important to give to your body because your body will give back that goodness too. Right. And I feel like treat yourself kindly because so much that you're, you're a legacy to other people, but you also, you also want to be a legacy to yourself. I see life on it. It's, it's, this is interesting because I see life as, I've only started seeing life this way several months back, but I kind of see life as a museum. When you think of Mm -hmm. legacy, right? Like you, we talk about these authors and these, these poets that, you know, inspire us and you see artists and museums and you look at their life through the decades, right? Mm -hmm. You watch these films of these really important people from the decades. Um, and that is us, you know, as individuals, we, we are a museum. So what do we want to bring to the table for ourselves? What do we want to be remembered by? Like, what do we want to leave behind so that when people enter our museum, what do they see? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Essa was over here dropping the mic, yo. I swear she's over here. <laughs> <laughs> I see life as a museum. Oh man, she's over here dropping mics on us right now. I love it. I love it. I'm all for it. I am. I could go on for days. Listen, I could literally go. I could have given you a straight answer of just like my like. I want my legacy to be this. But that's too easy. It's too easy, and like I said, I'm still figuring it out. But that's just kind of like how I. That's how I'm thinking about it at the moment. Um, But that's the journey, right? Like that, and honestly, that's the beauty in the journey, right? Like if. Like if we, and you know, I don't know what people's religions is or what is not, but like if if we were all knowing, then it would be no purpose in us doing this, right? Like mm-hmm. if we knew if we knew what was gonna happen, if we knew that, oh yeah, I just want to make people happy and make it a positive energy, or I know this what, what my legacy is gonna be, then it'd just be like, so what are we doing it for if we already know that's gonna be the outcome? Whereas exactly, you know, taking it day by day with the unknown and you know, figuring out along the way handling adversity Mm -hmm. right like that that's growth right you don't you don't get growth from you know always being right you you get it from the mistakes made you know what i'm saying yeah i say i say it all the time if you burn and you learn it i mean you stick your hand on that stove you know best believe don't put your hand back on that stove you know what i'm saying like it's just lessons and that's the best way we can 
that's the best way we can go in life. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I feel like I always say we're never absolute beings. We're always, we're never at our best. We're always getting better. Mm-hmm. So there's no final, there's no final form. You know, I think, okay, I could be wrong. I'm a huge Dragon Ball Z fan. <laughs> but even when he reached what Super Saiyan 4, like, right. he, that wasn't his final form. Like, it, it got, wasn't it his got, final form. It though. got crazier after that. <laughs> which is crazy which by the way they need to go ahead i don't know when we're gonna not i'm not saying we need to wrap it up but we can forms that don't even make sense now like we just you know what I mean? we just add and add into that <laughs> but i mean but that's that like, but that's the point right like there you can always find more right like mm-hmm. that's why they say the sky's the limit because you can keep going like keep pressing that boundary well, now we can go to mars so that's different <laughs> mars I mean, is the limit is that <laughs> I don't know, because I guess there's a couple other planets still out there that we're still trying to reach. So I guess there's really not a limit. Mm-hmm. But awesome, man. I appreciate the time with you, Yasmin. I'm I'm so excited. Honestly, it was it's weird, you know, seeing this become a reality now. But I'm excited for all you guys to come into town. And we're going to have our own fun, you know, before and after the show. So we got our own plan set up. But I'm excited for everything. I'm glad you, you know, even took the offer to join us and be a part of this as well. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lamar. I really, really appreciate it. I'm really excited. Um, congratulations to you guys for your first event. This is amazing. Thank you, I'm thank really, you. really looking forward to seeing how it all comes together and meeting all the other artists too. I'm really excited for that. And it's coming so soon. Like we've been talking about this for mad long. Yeah, it's been a it's been a, it's been a couple of months we've been on it, and now it's here. Yeah. But before we let you go, can you please drop your your platforms, your socials, your websites, everything you need? That way we can find you and support who you are. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So I go by the name of Yesma, as you guys know. It's at y e s s underscore m a a. Um, and then I have my website that's smoneyteam.com. Um, that's L I T I M for my last name. And um, I also have a YouTube channel which I upload some of my poetry to. Uh, to I'm not super active on that, but I do have my videos on there. Um, it's also Yes My as well, so you guys can find it there. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. You can add me on LinkedIn if y'all want to. Like. <laughs> I've got Bentley side coming out. <laughs> uh, you can have me on LinkedIn if you need some, you know, future events and stuff like that. New job host. That is hilarious. That was a good one. I feel you. Well, thank you again for being here with us. Again, everyone, all the artists' platforms and websites and everything will be listed below on our podcast, on our YouTube page, on our, all our social media. So you'll be able to find them there. And the event is going to be Sunday, August 14th. Doors open at 4 p.m. The show starts at 5 p.m. If you know us, we are black folks, so that really means 5.15. But still show up early so we can mingle and do all a bunch of other stuff as well. But it's going to be a good night. You guys won't you guys won't regret it. It's going to either end your week off right or rejuvenate you right and fuel you for the start of a new week. So thank you again, Yesma. And thank you so much. And we're just going to go on out on that one. Thank you. Peace out, two fingers. <laughs>
once again, I would like to say thank you to all the artists and performers who came on this episode and joined us. It was a blast, man. Had some good laughs, had some good mic drops, had a lot of good knowledge and perspective on a lot of things. But I know you guys didn't think the episode was over before we exit without our jewel. Of course not. And so I'm going to leave you all with this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And with that, two fingers, peace and love, two fingers, two up, two down, two fingers, deuces. We out, baby. Longer, but it's linger, stacking problems like Jenga, issues piss life with stingers, and I'm out two fingers. <laughs> <laughs>